Hi everyone, my name is Matt Wolf. I'm the head of product at Janison and let's get right into it. EdTech can help and EdTech can hurt. You're listening to my friend Eli. Eli's helping me frame the conversation around um, how EdTech can be used as a force for good if we do it correctly or how it could heal us the wrong way. I, I'm, um, people are always surprised by this as an EdTech CEO. Oh yeah, I should mention that Eli is the CEO of the EdTech company Desmos, a maths graphing calculator and, and other great maths activities that are fully interactive. But I'm extremely skeptical of the vast majority of EdTech. Um, and to me, the ways that technology can be helpful in the classroom is, um, are they making a teacher more powerful? Um, are they making a student able to have connections and understand things that they couldn't otherwise, as opposed to a way to, uh, you know, deliver a video that a student is then going to watch? I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, we can all agree that Eli is 100% right. So if Janison wants to be a force for good, what should it aim to do? And uh, to do that, I thought we'd try to think about what we should aim to not do. Uh, and to do that, I've spoken to my friend, Francois, who's been South Africa's National Teacher of the Year and now leads an organization that helps to train teachers. You should check him out at phoenixed.co.za. I should warn you, he's pretty passionate, so get ready for your sense of hearing to be blasted with a sense of beautiful, colorful vibrance. Uh, here's what Francois had to say about what's happening in assessment today. Finding out what the point of assessment is, is, is my job. I want to find out, like what's the state of assessment and the feedback I'm getting is people are saying, you know what assessment like assessment is being done currently is absolutely useless. We want to test kids individually in a formal exam, sterile setting when the workplace doesn't expect that hmm. the workplace doesn't expect you to, to solve things on your own. There's a lot more collaboration. So why isn't our assessments reflecting the collaborative nature of knowledge building, but then skills and then very important is that of values and, and norms, um, ethics and morals. And I think uh, assessment is not really capturing all of that at the moment. Okay, okay, so we're getting somewhere. But to take the next step, we need to get a real uh, rock star. And if you've, like me, rolled in the high glamour world of online maths education, you've come across probably the biggest rock star in the area, which is Dan Meyer. Uh, you should Google him at DYDan. I had a chat with Dan where I asked him some, uh, some questions to see what he thought. What do you think assessment is now? And what do you think assessment should be instead? Yeah, assessment right now is, is oftentimes driven by not just not, not like what is the best representation of a student's learning, but what a computer is best able to automatically assess. So while there are loads of students who are extremely brilliant mathematically or in other subjects, um, the, the way that they might represent their brilliance is not, you know, really doesn't, isn't accommodated easily by a computer, which um, tends to more easily score items that are multiple choice or numerical response. Um, so assessment currently, I think, offers, and digital assessment offers a kind of dim look at a student's intelligence. And what I hope it becomes is something that is, uh, starts from, like, what is the learner, what is the, the best way to look at what a learner knows? and um, limits itself to computers only secondarily, if at all. 
let's throw it back to Eli, for example, of what Dan just said. Assessment um, often measures things that are way too granular because they're just really easy to measure. You know, is this student good at multiplying by eight is so much easier to measure than is this student good at forming a model of the world and then applying it. And as a result, the easy thing is the thing that ends up happening. You know, when you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Okay, so we've got some good rockstar researchers giving us good vibes about what we could do to help with assessment. But let's get back onto the ground. To get back onto the ground, I spoke to uh, Aiden. And full disclosure, Aiden and I are actually really good mates. So, How are you? Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Aiden's been a primary school teacher for over 10 years, and he's one of my best resources to tap into. And I ask him questions about education pretty much whenever we hang out. And so... This is pretty normal for us. Can you tell me, <clears throat> in your classroom, what's the main purpose of assessment? Well, I mean, I guess that you ask every teacher and they'll tell you assessment makes me a better teacher. Um, it informs my teaching, uh, helps me understand the needs of every student. What do you define as good assessment? What do you, what do you want to get out of it? What makes its output useful for you? You know, for a teacher, you just want things to be simple. I'm just going to pause here to let you know that uh, Francois agrees with Aiden. They want their lives to be made easier whilst practicing robust um, assessment practices. Okay, now we're getting to some details and it's pretty complicated. So uh, back to Aiden. What does that mean for him? So... You want simplicity in, in all the data that you get. So you want to be able to, I want to be able to glance at the data and, and, and know just from a glance, I guess, what a student knows, what they don't. Um, you know, maybe a snapshot. I'd love to know a snapshot of the class um, on a particular outcome. I want to know if I can move my students on um, and extend them uh, or if I still need to support them in different areas. And I want to be able to do that in a, you know, in the simplest way possible, knowing what they've understood uh, and what they've misunderstood uh, would allow us to, um, I mean, would inform our teaching and allow us to, to move students on as they need. Good assessment tools will help us differentiate as well and provide, you know, provide the, the, the learning that each student needs. Franco reckons that's bang on the money and he's all over this too diagnose an individual with a learning challenge or a concept that's not being formulated how can that one aspect or that one pathway or trajectory of learning development how can we intervene now if that information is given on an individual basis that will be priceless and then secondly if you can build in an adaptive learning um i almost want to say algorithm around mm. that mm. i think that's going to help teachers a lot Dan also likes that, but he wanted to add more to that. So here's what he had to say when I asked him the same question. Yeah, if you spend any amount of time around small human beings, you know, like early learners, like you just, you understand that like they're, in, they, they are extremely intelligent and learning very fast. Um, but those kinds of learnings and their intelligence isn't neatly captured by a lot of the devices that we currently use to assess intelligence, like a, a multiple choice response or typing a number in, um, those kinds of things would tell what would, you know, they would represent a smart student as not smart. And so the challenge for all of us who care about learning and assessment is how to um, accurately 
um, capture and draw a picture of a student's vast intelligence. Part of what assessment's got to do is pair itself with or learn from the best curriculum experiences and figure out how to draw out the learnings of the student wherever they're at. So a student might not know that a linear pattern is you know, represented by the equation y equals mx plus b, where m and b are free parameters or whatever. Um, but they might know like, that the patterns go up by a fixed amount. Some patterns go up by a fixed amount every new time, for instance. Wow, you've, you've got to love Dan. Uh, he's probably one of the best, if not the best, math teacher in the world. Um, and this whole conversation with all these guys has really helped me to learn a whole lot. And uh, Eli actually wouldn't let me leave without this last, this last note he wanted to make. Yeah, I feel like people conventionally think that assessment is just kind of the end of the road. And it should instead be these, these waypoints along the journey um, yeah. that are happening regularly are non-intrusive and help guide you. Because by the time you get to the end, it's too late to know if you've gone the right direction. Okay, so let's sum up what we've learned here. We've learned that assessments can fall into the trap of being too granular and not measuring things that actually will help identify their intelligence or where they're at. We've learned that uh, assessment needs to make sure that it's not the end of the story, but it's the beginning and the middle of the story, constantly giving teachers new information to get them closer to understanding what their students know and don't know. We've also learned that it needs to suggest things for each individual student based on the thing that they need to do next, one-to-one -one at scale, per student, per group, and per class. It's been a great learning process for me, chatting about all these things, and I hope that if you stuck around to this, far, this long in the podcast that you enjoyed it too.